You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to the Locked On Pacers podcast. My name is Adam Friedman. As always, my host, wonderful podcast. And on today's episode, we're doing one of my favorite shows of the year. And I know it's my guest's favorite show of the year. That's Tony East from Forbes.com. The West Side Indianapolis News and the other coaches podcast. We're going to break down the entire schedule. Are you excited, Tony? I love this show, and I get why other people don't care for going through game by game previews, especially when we have no idea how every team's going to look. And I get why, but it's very fun for me because then I get to you know feel out when the back to backs are, understand how hard these stretches really are, see how all these hard stretches and timings fit into the scope of the full season with the key dates that go on in the middle of the season. This show helps me more than most shows we do, which I really enjoy. And it's just, it's like, I can see the games on a picture, but it's fun to actually really go through it and figure it all out, especially because the Pacers, first of all, they're playing 82 games for the first time in three years again. But second of all, the opening of their schedule is really hard and we got to break it all down. Yeah. And I think um, I like the show because I beat you at it last year in our predictions. So two years in a row, two years in a row. I couldn't remember the before we, we really, we, we got much more organized in the last year and a half or so. But how how we do this? So yeah, I I just went to because it's just kind of nice to see like going back because like I usually can remember most of their games year before, right? So like I can like if we're talking right now again like I remember this game from this point, right? Especially if there's something happened that was kind of major. So it's nice to see how I predicted it versus what actually happened. It's kind of a nice yeah. We we reference these when we do game previews too, like oh before the season we thought this would happen, but then it's kind of also like a reference of how opponents or the Pacers are better or worse than you thought. Last year I got 38 of the 70. Two games right. Adam got 45 right. So keep that in mind today. Adam but is apparently. I will say your record, you were close to the record. We, I had him at 43 and 29. You had him at 40 and 32, and the team won 34. You just games. nailed all the predictions. You want to just jump right from the jump? Yeah, let's do it. So the first game, we're just well, going to go get my The NBA game. is evil and decided that the play in tournament merited uh, some rescheduling for the Pacers. <laughs> Do they play Charlotte four times? I haven't looked yet. We'll, we'll, we'll plug into that. Um, yeah, they started up against the Charlotte Hornets. Hornets are bringing back the same team as last year. Plus, who did they draft this year? They got Kai Jones in the draft late and after the lottery. And in the lottery, they picked, I can't remember. Why am I blanking? I know, I'm blanking. They were 11, right? They picked 11. Yeah, why am I not rem- I remember? Okay, oh, see. James Mo- Booknight. They picked yeah, James that's Booknight. Right. Booknight. Uh, Moody wow. went. Third. And they also got Kelly well, Oubre. They got Mason Plumley, And they're going to be, they shored up some weaknesses. Uh, I liked their offseason. They don't. They didn't get like a lot better, but they got a little better. All right. So the Pacers win or lose their first game at Charlotte? Uh, you know, I think the Pacers got better by just by adding a new coach and getting TJ Warren back about the same amount as Charlotte, and they just smoked them at the end of the season last year. And the Pacers are going to be coming out a different team with some improvements. I think they win their first game. I would agree. I think they've owned the Hornets pretty much the past. I don't know what do you call it, five seasons. It's been a while outside of the Dan Burke game. Yeah, they basically usually they lose once to the Hornets, but usually it's a weird back to back situation. Last year they played them like two times and in, in three nights in the same city. That's why they lost last year. Like usually it's something weird the reason they lose to them. So yeah, I think they win that one. Uh, mm-hmm. Next next game is against the Wizards. Tony's Washington Wizards. Um, win or loss? Uh, probably a loss. I mean the, the 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 Wizards owned the Pacers last year. They don't have Russ anymore, who was a big part of that. But still a tough team. Uh, still pretty deep. Two games on the road to start the season. Uh, probably I bet they split those first two. I, I think it's a win. I think the Wizards are not that good, to be honest. The team's nice. not much better. I mean, the team is, I think, deeper, but not as good top end. And I think not having Russ could, will help the Pacers, at least. 
Well, the NBA decided to be a bunch of jerks, and the Pacers very next day take on the Miami Heat in their home opener. Love having a home opener back-to-back. That's this, cool. They did this last – no, they didn't do a home opener back-to-back, but they made them play their third game back-to-back against like Portland last year too, I think. Yeah. Uh, the Heat are a lot better, and it's a back-to-back. So the travel back-to-back, which is the worst. So you got to think the Heat are going to win that one. Yeah, I think so, for sure. Oh, but wait, just when the Pacers get a little day off at home, they get to play the reigning champion Milwaukee Bucks at home. Giannis back in town. Maybe they're hoping Torrey Craig can be there finally, the piece that can slow him down a little bit, but the Bucks are better. And they have Giannis absolutely... Giannis, Giannis has notoriously not played in the Pacers a couple of times last year. Right? He, uh, two years ago. Yeah, last year. He he missed, no, he missed a game last year. They still got smoked. He oh, and they still game. got smoked. Yeah, right. the Bucks have absolutely handled the Pacers for three straight seasons. I I see no reason the Pacers can, can beat the Bucks. Uh, so, brutal start, right? Like, Two decent playing level teams, then a back-to-back, and then the champions. Uh, and it doesn't get much easier after that. So they got Toronto two nights after Milwaukee. Then they travel to Brooklyn two nights after that. And then a back-to-back, they travel back home and play Toronto again. So if Toronto's any good, their first seven games are looking really tough. I think they'll win that home Toronto game. Uh, but that road one right after the, the, the Bucks game could be tough again. So uh, they need to win that one. Yeah, I think... I think they'll probably – it's hard to see them losing three games this early on, but in a row, I mean, that's what I mean. I mean you probably have four in a row, but I think they maybe beat Toronto, lose Brooklyn, lose Toronto at home. Okay. Yeah, I think they're going to lose to Toronto in Toronto, lose to Brooklyn, and then come back home and, and we, beat Toronto. And then they have a nice uh, – this is their easy stretch, right? This is how hard their November is. They're, they have – a three a three game homestand of Toronto, San Antonio, New York, and that's like their easiest stretch until the end of November. And I think they're better than the Spurs, who are going to be a lot worse. By the way, Pacers fans should be Spurs fans this year because they have both McDermott and Thad Young. And then they play the Knicks two nights later, who they were about even with in the regular season last year. And because of health, the Pacers jump should be bigger than the Knicks jump. I think that remember we did our Eastern Conference tiers. I think the Knicks will be better, but at home, Pacers have a rest day in between. I think they can beat the Knicks for that one, and so I'll give them a win there. Yeah, and then they head to the West Coast. I think I agree both wins. Then they head to the West Coast, their first West Coast trip, right? Yeah, what? well, they not only do they have a West Coast trip, they play the two altitude teams on a back-to-back to close it. The most obvious scheduled loss of their entire season is one of their first 12 games. But, yes, this road trip, Portland, who definitely got better this offseason, Sacramento, who stayed about the same, Denver, who, if they get healthy, will be better, but probably stayed about the same, and Utah who probably stayed about the same. So, so some very good teams on the road. Yeah, I think of these four games, they'll probably just win the Sacramento one. I agree. You know, they, they got swept by the Kings last year. You know, they, they could not handle Sacramento last year, but I think that they but could they beat, beat the, the right. They beat the Warriors in Portland in that road trip, right? The they did. They did. Year. They beat, they got their first one in Portland in like a hundred years last year. Yes. But um, I agree with you that they just should win in sack on that trip. They did have um, some good fortunes against Denver last year, despite losing both and they did beat Portland. So it is possible. And they have done well against Utah historically, but that is, they go to Denver with altitude, which is already a very hard game. And then they yeah. go the next night to Utah, which is another very hard place to play. So and that's the, just slightly lower, the slightly lower altitude. Yeah. Still. So that is a brutal back to back. Even if they beat Denver, beating Utah would require just an abnormal shooting night. So that's a loss for me there as well. And that's just a brutal start, right? They're already going to be like five and eight at this point in the schedule for the rest of November. Doesn't get much easier. Only about uh, zero really easy opponents, but only a few like games that you'd expect them to win from this point on for the rest of the month. I mean, there was one really easy opponent. 
Yes, but it's not at home. So it's not like a freebie, but yeah. Yeah, but it's just Detroit. Oh, good. Um, you handled the road trip with two very hard altitude teams. Now you get to come home and play Joel Embiid in the Philadelphia 76. Yeah, that's a loss. Put that down. Yep. They did beat Philly last year, but remember Embiid did not play. And they lost to the Sixers without Embiid last year. I see no reason why. Even if the Sixers are in turmoil, why the Pacers Yeah, that, I guess that's a question. If the Sixers are just like, at this point, I'd say Ben Simmons hasn't been traded yet. This could just be like a disaster for Philadelphia. Yeah, that one's going to be one of those flex Honestly, it's better off of him just not showing up. It's probably less of a disaster than if he did show up in his tank team. Yeah, the two nights later in New York, I think these teams are about even. So whoever's the home team, I'll just give the wins when we do that one. Then finally, after they're – oh, unless you pick different – I'm going to pick a win oh. there just because I, I don't think they're going to lose four in a row, but – Okay, know. fair enough. Some of this is just my like, second four-game losing streak of the season already. Yeah, yeah. some of this is, to me, I just feel like even if, like, so, like, I just don't see them losing that many games in a row when you're a decent team that's well-coached. I mean, right, obviously, they're playing tough teams, so that doesn't help. But, like, I just feel like now, will they, well, I guess it's exactly right out of the four games, they, you know, the one they went up the four, but I think of, like, the Denver, Utah, Philly, New York stretch, so they'll probably win one of those games. Yeah, this is their next after this. Like, I'm at 5-10 and 10 right now, and they haven't even lost any games that you'd be like, the sky is falling at this point. They have a four-game stretch of De- at Detroit, at Charlotte, versus New Orleans, at Chicago, of solidly winnable games. I think they'll win in Detroit and beat New Orleans at home. Chicago's going to be tough. Uh, I'll, I'll have them losing to Charlotte as well because I think they're about even there. But I think they can beat the Bulls. They match up very well with them. So they needed to take care of that. Uh, because again, the, their end of November is hard, and if they, even if they lose to teams they're only supposed to lose to, like you close out the first full month of the season at wh- whatever they have, they have four games left, we'll get to them in a second at like nine and fourteen. People are going to start thinking about your season differently, and then the, then they got the Lakers next at home, right? Like it just gets really tough really quick. Yeah, I think they're going to lose to New Orleans. They they've been bad to New Orleans for years now, right? I mean, they beat them last year basically on. A miracle. That, like, yeah, that miracle three-point shots that went in at the end of the game. Basically. Yeah, miracle win. And they got smoked. Well, they didn't get. They were getting smoked at home, and the, the bench brought them all the way back in that fourth quarter. They still lost that game, though. I think um, they match up well with the with the Pelicans. Yeah, I just feel like the year before, too, they lost. Burningham had a really good game against them and beat them. I mean, Zion should be better. I don't know. I just don't know about, like, I just New Orleans beat them. It just seems like they have. They play well against LeBron all the time, so this Lakers game might actually be winnable. And I have no idea what the Lakers are going to look yeah, like. Yeah, who does LeBron even play in this game? I have some reason playing in Indiana. True, I need to know if they're on a back to back. I'll pick a win there. They handled LeBron pretty well. They beat the Lakers yeah, last no, year. Like, so you on, on on our little schedule, you don't put what Los Angeles team. So I'm, I mean, obviously it's the Lakers. Los but... Angeles is the Lakers, and I think the Clippers are just LA. Yeah, you can see okay. down here. Okay. That's how ESPN lists it. Toronto at home, I'll give them a win. I think they're better than Toronto. Yeah, and they close the month with a back to back home against Milwaukee. I'll never pick them to beat Milwaukee as long as Giannis is there. And but then at Minnesota, who they struggled with. Last year, and I think got a little better on a back-to-back. I'll pick the Timberwolves they there. Twice, so now, though, they, right? They beat Minnesota twice. They struggled, but they beat them twice. They did. They won in overtime uh, at home, and then that game that Ed Anthony Edwards should have made it that like yep. miracle three-point shot that almost fell in. So even with just winning games, they should win. Adam has them at eleven and twelve, and I have them at ten and thirteen. Right? Their start to the season is brutal. Absolutely brutal. Things definitely get a little easier uh, in December, which we'll get to in a second. But, you know, a lot of opinions of players and teams are formed really early, right? Like a lot of the opinion of Jeff Teague in Indiana was that he wasn't very good here because he started so bad, even though he had a really nice last 60 games in Indiana. Uh, Well, and it was a stupid trade. The George Hill trade for him was stupid. But, you know, he had a nice season, but it was so hard for him to get over the initial, like, rash of of thought. And that, that's the case for teams and players all the time, right? It's so hard to get over that. 
that narrative that you form early. So, you know, getting off to a good start and pulling some upsets and winning all the, all the, like the Nate McMillan teams would always win the games they needed to win. Like almost always, like they need to be those Pacers for the first month and a half. Yeah. And the thing I would say though, is our, I don't think they're that much better than a 500 team. I mean, do you, I mean, I think they're the, to me that the, nope. the, the wind band is like 40 to 44 wins. Right. So I'll put them right around 500, maybe slightly above. Like if they went like, I agree. I mean, like what 43 or 39 seems like, like the logical end of the season to me, that's where they should be. So them being at 500, just below it at the quarter mark is not like that big of a deal. I well, guess. Th- thankfully they have a much easier stretch right after this. Yeah, and I mean, then another consequence of this that we'll get to in the schedule is there's very few teams that are like overtly tanking compared to normal. So the yeah, schedule will, is just harder. For that will change come March. It does every year. Yep. But, yep. All right. So let's, let's, let's take a break and get through yeah. December up to the trade deadline. But as you can see, the Pacers opening to the season outside of one game in Detroit is littered with tough teams. Yes. So it's just one quick break and then we'll come back and do the next third of games or so. But first today's locked on Pacers podcast is brought to you by betonline.ag. It's that time of year again, and all the eyes are turning toward football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all pro and, fo- pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest. Open now at BetOnline. Head over to the website or use mobile device to sign up today and receive a 100%. 100% welcome bonus when you use the promo code locked on. That's L O C K E D O. And they also have some great bets for opening uh, night when the Buccaneers take on the Cowboys. They can give you a free wager of $25 when you use the promo code NFL100. BetOnline.id is the fast and easy way to bet on all your favorite sports from football to basketball to boxing and right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all the good offers available for the 2021 season at betonline.ag your online sportsbook experts and we are also brought to you by direct tv stream does this sound familiar you've got one device that you catch the game live another that lets you stream your favorite shows you're watching sports house on your phone and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff well i want to tell you about a simpler way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and that that great way is we'll get your tv together and it's called direct tv stream it brings you live TV and on-demand fairs together like you've never seen before. You can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling the remotes, no need to buy another device ever again. And best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. To learn more about DirecTV Stream at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. So the Pacers hit December. And a nice little home stretch it is. Five straight home games. Atlanta, Miami, Washington, New York, and Dallas. Good stretch. Yeah, five straight home games, and th- there's some good teams for sure in this. In fact, you, you could argue every single team in this home stretch could be a playoff team, but no, like, insane teams that are, like, unbeatable given their play styles or, or matchups. So it's possible that – and this is a key stretch, right? We just talked about their opening being pretty hard. I think they can beat Atlanta. They beat them twice last year. I think they can beat Washington and New York and Dallas. They beat Dallas last year as well. But it's going to be hard to win all these. None of them are back-to-backs, fortunately. So uh, I think they can go 3-2 and two or 4-1 and one in this stretch with a loss to either Miami or Dallas or something. Yeah, you, I kind of rocked six, six straight home games. My bad. Oh, is it six? Excuse yeah, me, I, I miscounted. It's six straight games, but yes, they play Golden State also at home. So six straight. Yes, Golden State at the end of this. Excuse me. Basically, Another team that they match up decently with, though. Basically, six straight post Thanksgiving. I mean, I think I'm assuming 
Thanksgiving is like the 25th. So basically November. So six straight home games. I think, I think they'll probably actually go four and two in this stretch. Now, what four will they win? Um, I will take them to be a, to lose to Atlanta, beat Miami, beat Washington, beat New York, lose to Dallas, and beat Golden State. Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna give them a win against Dallas and then lose to Golden State. And my reasoning is Rick Carlisle against his former team. Uh, I think he will come out and break out Ooh. all the stuff. Uh, that's that's a, that's a good logic there. But I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm gonna leave it. I think Golden State will be interesting this year. I'm not sure they're gonna be as good as everybody thinks. You have me convinced about Clay that. It's the worst contract in the, in the NBA. You've convinced me of, convinced me of <laughs> hey, that. He could, be, he could be okay, and then I'll be wrong. But as of now, I see no reason. Yeah, I mean, I think they'll be good. They'll be wrong. They have Steph Curry. They're going to be good still. But like, And hey, the Pacers, their reward for this six-game uh, home stretch that could get their season back on track, they get to go to Milwaukee against a team that they absolutely cannot beat for any reason recently. So that's At least awesome. they'll have three of those out of the way before Christmas. Yeah, so then finally, I know that, that we talked about that homestand, which is nice. Six games against not insanely good teams. But then from here until Christmas, a little after Christmas, really until the New Year's, the Pacers get a gift. They finally have a run of not ridiculous opponents. They Of the tanking teams in the NBA, Detroit, Houston, Cleveland, they get two games against – or three games against those teams in the stretch coming up. So from December 16th to January 2nd, 2022, they get home for Detroit at Miami, home versus Houston at Chicago versus the Hornets at home versus the Bulls at home and then at Cleveland. That, if they didn't clean up the beginning of December, is another opportunity for them to make up games for their really early season struggles. You know, like Detroit at home, they should win. Houston, they should win. Charlotte at home, they should win. And Cleveland, they should win. Like, that's a great opportunity for them to clean up some some easy ones. Yeah, no no Christmas Day game. You, you mad, disappointed, fake fake outrage, anything? <laughs> um, they don't deserve it. In terms, of, it. in terms of objective analysis, they don't deserve it. But zoomed out for me, like I watch basketball on Christmas, no matter who's playing, but I don't have to, I would, I'd prefer as a person who covers the team to not have to work on Christmas. So I'm kind of happy. They don't play on I want to say the last Christmas game, PG team, 2014, 2013. Oh, okay. I was thinking, I remember they played on uh, 05 post brawl when, after they had, you know, didn't they get one in 2013? They, they, they might, they should have, right. They were the number they were. Yeah. They probably, well, I, I type in I'm wrong, I'm gonna Google last Christmas now. game. And I don't, it, the one that pops up is December 25th, 2004. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know why I thought it was. Uh, I thought the, the Paul George team's got one. Maybe I'm wrong. Let's see. There's Scott. There's Scott Agnes article. Let me see if he has the last one. He he would have it. He would. Yeah. The last one was this is written 2018. So this is post PG era. Yeah, 2004 when they lost to Detroit. I think that was the game Jermaine O'Neal came back from suspension. In. Wow. Yeah, I honestly. I mean, I it's like a fun thing for me to watch Christmas gay games. So I don't care who plays, but. Again, as someone who covers the league now, I am thrilled to not have to hop on Zoom calls in the middle of the day. So, yeah, I'm thrilled they don't play on that day. But they do have their annual matinee on New Year's Eve against the Bulls, which is always going to be a fun game. So if, and Adam and I both have them doing pretty well in that stretch we just described, I have them going uh, five and two. If they do well in December where their schedule is easy, I don't even have them doing that well. Now I have them above 500, close, rounding at the New Year after beating the Cavs, right? So if they if they, if if they just play fine in December, their early season will be wrapped up, and then they've got this right before the cut down day stretch, right where this is where Keelan Martin needs to be proving himself. We talked, by the way, speaking of Keelan Martin, we did correct our show from Monday if you listened to it early in the morning because uh, the details did come in late that his date got pushed back. We talked about that if you want to go listen to that revised Monday show. But this is where he would need to be proving himself or when roster shakeups could happen. So it's a little harder to predict what could happen, but nothing substantial should happen. 
But the Pacers have a nice, brutal stretch of uh, Knicks, Nets, Jazz, Celtics, Celtics, Suns, Clippers, Lakers, Warriors, Suns. Oh, boy. Yeah, you know what's crazy? I have to re... I mean, recalibrate my mind because the Suns used to be guaranteed wins most of the time. And now they're definitely... <laughs> They did, they did beat them last year when they, in Phoenix. They lose at home though to them. I think they did, right, early in the season. Yeah. So, like I said, I think whoever the home team will win the next game. They're in New York. Then a back-to-back against Brooklyn. Utah is extremely good. In Boston, that's a tough one. Home for Boston right after. I think they'll split. Like, like we talked about last year when you play the same team two games in a row, I think that will carry into this year, even though there's fewer of them where – You know, one team win one, one team wins the other. But the Suns are really good. And then they have another tough road trip. Clippers, Lakers, Warriors, Suns, Pelicans. And there's a back-to-back in there between L.A. and Golden State. Those are probably losses. The Suns probably a loss. And then the Pelicans to close the road trip. That's always hard. Then they come home for only one game against the Hornets before going back out west for OKC and Dallas. And those home games in the middle can sometimes feel like travel games. So that's probably a loss as well. I've got them on a brutally long losing streak before beating yeah, see, that I, I dropped in a win against the Lakers just because I think, like I said, I just think they would lose four in a row. I just <laughs> it's, think there's something about it. unlikely they would lose every game of the road. Right, trip, right? Like, they beat the Suns in Phoenix last year. They they beat the Pelicans in New Orleans last year, right? Like, just, just objectively zooming out, looking at this part of the schedule, I feel like they will have some struggles. Yeah, I think they'll lose, like I said, Knicks, Nets. Jazz, I think they might be Boston twice. You know, I think they'll beat the Clippers. There's my, there's the win there. Yeah. Because the Clippers without Kawhi will probably be about uh, the level of the pace. Oh, that's true. Um, eh, I'll stick with the loss just because I think. I'm but after this stretch, I got now they're 22 and 28 for me, and the trade deadline is coming up, so they need to rattle off some wins. But thankfully, things get easier after that road trip. Yeah. Oh, they play Oklahoma City. That should be a win, I think. Oklahoma yeah. City, then a tough at Dallas game, game on a back to back. I'll take a loss just because it's a back to back. But uh, then it's Clippers at home who aren't as good. Magic at home who are one of the tanking teams. Chicago at home. Cleveland, Atlanta, Cleveland, Minnesota. Nice bounce back stretch after that tough road trip. So even if they lose that Clippers game they, at home, they can beat the Magic, beat the Bulls, beat the Cavs, uh, beat the Cavs again, beat the Timberwolves. Right, all of a sudden. Back to about 500 with the trade deadline approaching uh, slash the all-star break. They have two more games for the all-star break in Milwaukee where they will never win ever apparently. And against the wizards who beat them in the uh, playing game last year, that's a back-to-back after Milwaukee. So that one's going to be tough. But you know, when you have the, the site of nine days off staring you in the face, some guys can plow through it. I'll have them winning that one. And I have them at 28 and 32 heading into the all-star break right at that trade deadline where teams could make their shifts up. Adam has them at 30 and 30. And that is the worst record to be at at the trade deadline because then you could be buyers, you could be sellers. It's really hard to pick a direction, even though your schedule is front-loaded. And that's something we'll probably have to remember, Adam, when we get to the trade deadline this season as we're covering it, is their schedule in the second half is easier. They can bounce back and look better down the stretch of the season, but you are what your record says you are. So unless they're a little better than we think, they're going to be in a sticky spot come February. Yeah, you think if they're if they're at the record you think they're at with twenty eight and thirty two that they'll be sellers and we think we'll see a trade. Um, no, you know maybe the the center pairing trade will get expedited if they're below five hundred at that point. But um, you know, I, I think they know what I mean. Nothing their record cannot drastically change their plans at this point, given what happened last year to me at least. Yeah, I mean, so if you look at the last year, a five hundred was the seven seed, um, four games under was the eight seed, so. Uh, I'd say the East probably will get a little bit more parity this year because the Sixers probably won't be as good. 
Yeah, but the Bulls got better for sure. Right? Yeah, well, I'm saying, what I mean by parody is like you'll see something that wins feed into like the Bulls. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's what I meant. Like you won't, I, don't, I think they'll, it'll probably be a two team top heavy with Philly kind of in that third tier, probably better than the Knicks in Atlanta, but we don't know how healthy and beat will be the whole year. He'll miss what, 15 games last year? I'll probably miss 15 again, give or take. So, and they don't have Simmons, that would definitely be a, be a bad stretch. So, yeah, the Knicks probably won't be as good as well. So, uh, I think, yeah. I think uh, I think probably slightly above 500 probably is the eight seed, right? Yeah, but thankfully, like I said, even if they get to around or just under 500 heading into the break, if they keep the long term ahead and don't necessarily think as sellers because they have a front loaded schedule, a very front loaded schedule. I mean, Adam, look at this juicy stretch coming out of the All Star break, which we'll talk about after this. Yeah, break, we did the same a- thing last year, and they stunk it up in that. Stretch. They did stink it up in March last year, but the in theory given where we think these teams are now, have a great chance to, especially if they're buyers, come out of the uh, the, the all-star break looking real good. Yeah, I think the question will be who's healthy, right? That would be a big yeah, question. That's the question no matter what. No matter what. I know, but I think that becomes especially important when you're after the, the when you're heading towards the, the trade deadline. After that, it's kind of can't do anything, basically. But sure. if you like know, if you know injuries that are going to keep your season like from taking off, that, that can make a big difference. But yes, I overall agree. Um, all right, you want to just take another break and then we'll bring in the rest of the schedule? Yep. All right, let's do this. Because first, today's Locked on Pacers podcast is also brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer to the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have a computer, your mobile phone, with it, you have access to rockauto.com at your home or in your pocket. Saving time and money when using Rock Auto. Watch you to spend 30%, 50%, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership. For example, like a Honda Odyssey fuel pump is $353 from a chain store or $216 from Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do yourselfers for over 20 years. Prices are always reliably low and the same for every customer. They have everything you need for your car to so go explore the catalog today. When you go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car truck, right, locked on, they had to hear your bet box so they know that we sent you. Main selection, live below prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. And we're also brought to you by our wonderful friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is an amazing protein bar company that makes these nine awesome flavors plus a bunch of limited time ones. You can get a box today that has 18 of these protein bars that we love. They come in coconut, cherry, barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, and German chocolate box has one or two of each bars. Uh, they're great. I like these. As like I said over and over again, it's a kind of mid-afternoon, uh, get you between lunch and dinner kind of snack. They're high in protein, 17, 18 grams. They're only 180 calories at the top end or 130. They only have four or five grams of sugar, and they're only four or five grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors. They're tasty, and they're healthy as well. And right now, I've got a built.com, promo code LOCKED15. You get 15% off your order. That's promo code L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 for 15% off at built.com. All right, Tony, you called this a juicy stretch, and they come out of the All-Star break with a wonderfully, hopefully easy game at home against Oklahoma City. Win? Well, yes, I expect them to beat OKC anytime they play them. Even if Shea is healthy, they just don't have that good of a roster. But really, just just zoom out. Like, they have a back-to-back in this stretch uh, going from Boston to Orlando. But coming out of the break, it's OKC at home, Boston at home, in Orlando twice in a row, which is basically you're staying in the same place, not a big deal. 
in Detroit, in Washington. So yeah, that's a road trip, but all those teams aren't as good. Then home for Cleveland in San Antonio, in Atlanta versus Memphis in Houston. That is a, and then it's even home for Portland and Sacramento. You can win a lot of those games as the Pacers. And that is a big stretch for them. You know, they should beat Oklahoma city, even if they struggle against Boston, because Tatum might be a top 10 player this year. Just saying they beat all the teams they should beat at home. Basically, they only lose to maybe Washington and Atlanta. I mean, this could be a huge stretch for them through that Kings game where they could go, you know, eight and two uh, coming out of the break and then be back right back over 500. Yeah, I mean, I think they will lose inevitably some of those games because it's just like, of course, I think it's the NBA. Track. Yeah, I mean, you're not going you're not going to win them all. Um, I mean, I think. Memphis will be tough. We have to remember Atlanta. I mean, we both thought it was lost, but Atlanta is a much better team. Well, it's a back-to-back as well. That's why yeah, I chose lost. Yeah, so Atlanta is just a much better team than they were even, well, than two years ago, right? They're, they're actually a legit team. They made the conference finals last year. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I agree with you in general. It, it's The problem is a lot of road games that are against easy teams, right? You're Orlando twice, Washington, Detroit, right? Like, if those are all four at home, should be wins. The road just feels like they're going to lose one of them eventually, right? They, they, they'll lose a game to Detroit this year. Yeah, I mean, they, yeah, inevitably. They, they always struggle with year? Detroit, even when Detroit's the worst team in the league. Did they lose them last year? I don't think they did, right? Did they once lose to Detroit last year? Oh, I'm to, let's see. I thought they beat them. I can't remember. Either way. They only played Detroit three times last year, and they beat them all three times. They almost lost that game at the end of the season, but LaVert remember had a great game. That's right. That's right. Thank you. Yeah, I couldn't remember. Well, that was the year they also had to play like Tobias Harris like six times. Well, yeah, that that, that year Trump was actually probably better, right? Were they have a good are they a borderline playoff team that year we're thinking? Yes. So so they get through this stretch, they play the Kings at home, then they have a back-to-back in Memphis. Normally they handle Memphis pretty well personnel-wise, uh, but on a back-to-back, I'll give Memphis that win. And then a Toronto game uh, that will be tough. I'll give a loss there. But then back home, Atlanta, Denver. Uh, you got to win one of those given where they'll probably be at. And this, though, we're at the end of March. This is the last seven games for them. And I'll make the predictions as if these teams are the teams they are. But this is where the stuff gets so hard to predict because teams lock up their seating. You have no idea who's going to play. Like, right, they played Toronto at the end of last season, but that was not the Raptors. That was like the JV Raptors, right? Those kind of games yeah. happen where it's really hard to predict who's going to be trying and who's not like they have Detroit in this stretch. And you can like Detroit could be shooting up guys. You've never even heard of uh, for that, for that game. Right. So it's really hard. I think they can beat Atlanta at home, but they could lose to, they should lose to Denver. They have the MVP uh, quick trip to Boston. That's a tough one. Tatum's incredible, but then let's talk about these last four, right? Uh, this, this was a problem they had last year with tough opponents at the end. Um, you know, you always want to look at these and think, Hmm, I wonder how they'll do. Right. Can they close the season strong to get into the playoffs? But their last four are home for Detroit. They should win that even if Detroit is trying. And then home for Philly, four day gap into Philly and a back to back with Brooklyn. So that sounds really hard. And it on, honestly, I would pick a loss of all of those games. But, if they're but like in the seeds, yeah. Those two, though, yeah, those two teams could be locked in as like one, two, or three already at that stage, especially that last game in Brooklyn. Like Brooklyn could be locked up as the one seed by like the end of March. For example, so it's impossible to predict those in my head. Those should all three be losses. I can think that I think they could. Let's let's just give a little benefit to Philly that they've locked up their seed and they beat Philly at home and then lose to Philly on the road and Brooklyn on the road to close the season. If you want to pick all wins for those, I don't care. Well, so you so I I was interested to see what your final record was. Does that look like you? Yeah, I uh, apparently forgot to update the loss column formulas. I did uh, because there's more games than there were last year. So I have to. Mine's fine. No, yours was not fine, but now it is. Yeah, it is. It was 43 and 39. That's the record they would have. 
Oh, I did fix yours, but not mine. Well, anyway. Doesn't matter. It's fine. Uh, you have met 500. I've met 43 yes. and 39. The record I said I should probably be able to. So Adam, about. yeah, has him at the exact record he predicted or at the top of the show, 43 and 39. I have him at 41 and 41, which makes sense to me, right? Yeah. It, it's weird because when we did the tiering, we thought, okay, how do you how do you evaluate the Pacers, right? That two years ago, a very, sim- very similar roster was nearly a 50-win team last year. They were an under 500 team. How much does Carlisle help stabilize this team? And a lot was the answer. We both said he was their most important free agent signing. And so if Adam is correct or if I'm whatever, let's say they win 42, the average of our just over 500 team. That's in theory, a blend of their last two seasons. But the other consequence to play into that beyond them being better than last year, but maybe worse than two seasons ago is a lot of the league got better, right? The the NBA is in a very interesting spot right now. That's pretty unprecedented basic over the last decade of the league where basically every team is trying to be good right now outside of, I think that basically the magic, the thunder, uh, the Pistons, I mean, and the Rockets, like, is anyone else like, uh, like the Cavs are going to be bad. I don't think they're trying to be bad. You know, there's, there, there aren't that many teams that are right now mid rebuild, right? There are a lot yeah. of teams trying to be good, even if the roster isn't that great. So that makes the NBA a lot harder right now. So even if you think the Pacers are nearly as good as they were two seasons ago, when they were the four seed in the East, right? All these teams are way better than they were at that time that made that possible. So it's a little harder for them to be close to that 48, 50. Yeah, you have range. to think you have to think one of the Knicks, Wizards, Hornets is going to be worse than they were last year. Maybe it's a, but some team, there's always one team every year that's like blows everybody's expectations away. Last year was the Knicks, two years ago it was the Kings, three years ago it was Bulls, the Pacers. The, the Bulls um, are probably the, the um, and then there's always one team that's way worse. Maybe it's the Pacers that'll be way worse. Maybe it'll be the Bulls that are way worse. Who knows? But you know, that's, that's just the consequence of this prediction kind of stuff. Yeah. What's interesting is so that if they go 43 and three, like I said, or that would put them at a percentage of 52%, which would put them at the seven seed last year. And I believe the seven seed yep. year before as well, 500 gets them to the seven seed. I think both years as well too. So, I mean, yep. that's where we're looking at. I mean, we're looking at, there is a playing game this year, right? Correct. Yeah. Okay. Same structure as last year. That's all I to make sure. So we're looking at a team fighting for the, basically home court in the plane, the first playing game, and hopefully they can win it so they can just clinch the spot. Um, yep. But yeah, that's, that's where I feel like they're at. I mean, maybe the East will be – like I, I didn't think there would be some more parity in the East, right? I don't think there going to be three teams running away with the season. There'll probably just be two. I guess I don't think Philly will come down. I don't think the Knicks will be as good as, as last year um, just because they just – they don't – like their their raw talent is not like like off the charts amazing. Um, they're just – kind of figured out last year the way the Pacers have in the past in, in, in some ways. So, yeah, I mean, I think 43 could be anywhere between like 40 minutes could be anywhere between like the five and the 10, frankly, I think it's going to be a lot I, of like, because it was that way yeah. for most of the season, right? For most of the season last year, like 500 was the four seed. And then it ran away then at the last 10 games, 15 games. My three takeaways from this exercise, because again, I learned a lot here. One, the Pacers really easy stretches are always right after really hard stretches. So it's like almost doubly important this year that they really clean those up, right? Keep their record where it needs to be to not prevent the, the narratives coming out, the questions coming out, the, the stuff that causes that internal strike. That's one. Two is a lot of their inflection points come at a time like after hard stuff, like right after early in the season when you're kind of figuring out who teams are. Right. Usually after the first 20 games, you have a pretty good idea of the playoff picture. They have a really hard first 20 games, right? They have a really hard stretch right before the trade deadline. They have a decently hard stretch before the cutdown date, right? Like all of these inflection points are in the middle of hard stretches, which is pretty tough. And three, there's a lot less uh, like jumbo of games last year. Where like last year, it was a lot easier to predict some losses because, oh, they played three games of Fortnite. They have all these back-to-back. It was a condensed schedule. This year, it's more spread out. So it's 
a little easier to see, oh, okay, if they take care of the teams they should take care of and lose the ones they don't, maybe there's less injuries next year. There should be in general just because it's more spread out. Uh, you know, I think it's a little easier to see how the Pacers season could go, but that it's weird. Like, like it, it's not very a balanced schedule. They go through really hard, then really easy, then really hard, then really easy in a way that is pretty unique compared to schedules we've seen before. Yeah. I mean, I think the, it seems like the West coast trips always come early. There's always one early and one kind of like yep. March range. So it, it seems like to be sort of like, I just feel like I've now thinking about it, I've gotten to that habit or there's always one like March range, always one start of the year. Um, Usually they started at home, right? They started at home the last couple of seasons, I think, um, which is just like, I don't know. just like, Can I spoil something work. sad for fans of basketball in Indianapolis? Sure. The full schedule is already out, and it's not looking like Indy's hosting the entire NCAA tournament this time around. Oh, no. <laughs> Any, <laughs> that yeah. really was tough for the Pacers last year. Their March was That's true. Brutal. That's why the March was so brutal. I forgot about that. Yeah, it was a big part of it. They were on the road. Yeah, like I, I think a big part of the schedule too. The thing about it is it, it's probably been the case for two seasons now, but they they don't really have a um, what's it called? Like I, I would put it, like a mono on mono player, right? Like I think we always like Vic kind of was that, and obviously hasn't been that in like almost two years. But it just like it's weird kind of thinking about it. Finally, this year that they just don't have a player where like when they go play like. Portland, right? Come on, you just like go toe to toe scoring with Dame Lillard, right? They just don't have right. that, so, and that's what makes this kind of harder because you feel like every time they play one of those players, they're going to lose to them, right? Where like that's I think how I feel, yeah, and there I think there were times in the past where it was like, especially when they used to, when Boston was kind of the top of the East and they were always going toe to toe with them. They were they lost to these amount of times, but they're always like in these tight games where it came into final shots. Like it felt like they had some of that, and they just don't have it this year. The question is, can the sum of the parts just be so much better than all these kind of middle-level teams that it leads to a bunch of wins? But um, we'll have to see. But, yeah, that's, that's a tough part. I don't think they have a player that can beat Philly. That's what kind of concerns me. Yep, I agree. Uh, you know, the biggest takeaway from the schedule, Adam, as usual, they play 82 games. They play <laughs> don't 41 say that. At you're, home. You're, you're, you're going to jinx it. They're going to miss They play the 40. Game. Yeah, yeah, that's true. The last two seasons, this is not. Well, then they miss a game with – Three years ago now, four years now in Boston for the bombing. One time they missed a game, and they've played eighty-one games a couple of times. Yeah, the weather one that happens. Remember, there was a game in New Orleans where it got because of weather, and then it got rescheduled. But they originally didn't play it for a while. Yeah, that's possible. So don't these things it. happen. Don't jinx it. That's all I'm trying to say. As of now, it looks like uh, forty-one on the at home and, and forty-one on the road against uh, a variety of NBA franchises. Right. Great way to end that podcast. Um, We're going to do a mailbag next week. So look for that to be sent out probably this weekend. I think we're going to record it Sunday or Monday. We haven't quite decided yet, but we're going to do a mailbag. We'll break that into a few parts throughout the week. So look out for that podcast next week. Um, Got other offseason content planned throughout the the rest of the offseason, but we're only about, I think, four weeks away from training camp opening up. So we're like, we're like, what? When's the first game? We just did a schedule. Wow. the first, the first game is October 20th, so we are now sitting here like 40, 50, what, 48 days away from the start of the season. So We're, we're one month far. from preseason. Yeah, we're not that far away from the season starting. Um, as always, you can follow this podcast on Twitter at LockedOnPacers. You get this podcast wherever you get podcasts, so listen to it right now. Just keep coming back to this feed to listen to it. Uh, you can follow Tony at TSNBA, me at Madam 5 That is all for this Locked On Podcast. We'll see you guys again next week.